Welcome to the Eat Wild podcast. This is a podcast designed to focus on eating wild and trying to make your eating habits more sustainable. We hope you enjoy. In this episode, we speak to Nick and Ella from Wild Market. Wild Market is an online market putting consumers and producers in touch with each other so you can buy direct from source. It is an amazing initiative and we are really excited to learn more about it today. If you enjoyed it, you do get £15 off your first order. Just put in the code EATWILD and that's in capitals, EATWILD for a £15 discount off your first order. Thanks so much. Hi, Ella and Nick. How lovely to meet you both. Hi, great to be here. Thank you for having us. Hiya. Hello. Yeah, so you guys are my first sort of official guests on the podcast, which is very exciting. Um, and so I guess first things first is to introduce yourselves. Uh, Nick, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Thank you. It's it's an honour being your, your second ever guest. Um, I'm Nick Jefferson. Uh, with Ella, I founded Wild Market, which is an online marketplace for producers of artisanal British food to sell direct to consumer. And uh, I'm Ella, as Nick just said. Uh, this is actually my second podcast, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I feel like I'm I'm warming into them now. I've, like, got my uh, my water ready to go because I get a croaky voice halfway through. Um, but I joined uh, Nick uh, last January on this sort of wild adventure. Um, so yeah, just uh, oversee the the runnings of our e-commerce business and the day to day operations. So, did you both come from a foodie background? Good question. I, I I have always had huge kind of passion for food. Um, my grandfather was a butcher, um, but uh, I qualified as a lawyer, and then I've worked in advertising and brand for the last twenty years or so. So no is the answer. Um, no as well, but for, from like a family background, I've sort of got grandparents that were you know very into food and cooking, and so that was passed down to my mum and then passed down to me. Um, yeah, I think just a lover of good food, basically. I think that is very important, though, because I think, you know, we've always, I, I especially used to put a lot of pressure on the fact that I wasn't really a, a classically trained chef, but my entire family are obsessed with food. It's like our biggest bonding thing is that, you know, my, they live all over the world, but, you know, we're constantly sending each other recipes and food things. So, yeah, I think the power of family influence um, is very important. Um. Could you tell me a little bit about what Wild is? Um, I know you sort of touched on it, but if you could elaborate a bit. Yeah, I mean, Wild for me was a um, solution to a problem that I had um, in the first instance. So um, we, uh, I want to say we, I mean, me and my missus and our two kids decamped to go and live in southern Spain for six years. Um, and we had a ball and we went right down the food rabbit hole when we were there um, because of course in uh, certainly in, in rural Spain there's still that connection between the land and the sea and what people eat then we came back to uh, London and I remember saying very clearly to my two sons don't worry lads you know we're now going back to the country where all that amazing fish and shellfish that we've been eating actually comes from because of course the great myth of you know, the Mediterranean is that British folk go there on holiday, they see all these amazing kind of assiette de fruit de mer if they're in France or the equivalent in Italy and in Spain and all the rest of it. Most of it's actually British. So um, uh, we came back. That. Yeah. I oh, have yeah. been suckered into that. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, so certainly the shellfish, but also often a lot of the fish as well. I mean, we really do have the best fish and shellfish in the world here. Um, and yet we export 80% of what we catch uh, and we import 80% of what we eat, which is just insane. Uh, and I can get very boring about it, but um, I couldn't find this fish when I came back to London and I was looking for it everywhere, asking people um, uh, where I could get hold of it and no one could really give me an answer. And yet I knew there were people here fishing for this amazing kind of produce. And so I thought there must be a technological solution to this. Um, so Wild was born. Interestingly, though, very early on, and this is probably of more interest to your listeners, I'm guessing, we realized that there was an equally big problem with venison. So, uh, you know, as you know, there's more than two million deer now roaming the country. Uh, my favorite stat is more than there's been since William the Conqueror was knocking around. Yeah. Uh, and yet we're eating animals uh, that have been intensively raised and filled full of all sorts of horrible antibiotics and dosed up on animal feeds. And not this kind of noble natural meat that with coronation week when we're recording this right and, and yeah, exactly. imagine in previous coronation kind of years people not eating wild venison it was the king's meat i mean it's it's fabulous there's no one listening to this needs to be told but so we do a lot of venison as well i was very yeah i was actually very disappointed that um when he came out with the, the coronation recipe that it was a quiche and it wasn't venison or I know grouse is one of his favorite birds to eat. You know, it's, it was I was I was expecting something like that. But you know, the whole point of what we're trying to achieve is to get everyone eating it. And I think sometimes having the elite constantly eating game is probably not the best thing anyway. So Yeah, I I, I think that's a really, really important point. And from inception, we tried to make wild and the website if anyone wants to look at it is wild W-Y-L-D-E dot market to look contemporary. Because for too long, wild food has been a preserve, exactly as you say, Louise, of, of the of the elite. Um, and it's not felt accessible to most people, and certainly not people living in cities, which is a large part of our audience. I think as well that the, the name game makes it feel, you know, like a sport. And I think nowadays people are sort of a bit more switched on ethically to where things come from or maybe we're a bit disconnected in a way that you know the idea of someone going around with a gun shooting things doesn't really appeal and doesn't really you know make you want to buy it but I think calling it wild meat I think really sort of helps um yes you know. I agree with that hugely definitely especially you know when you think of wild and you go into foraging which is something that I'm really trying to achieve with this with eat wild it's and I, basically you guys are doing exactly the same except you're really sort of selling the product um it's so important that I because I think people are disconnected um I think there is a small percentage I don't know if you what you guys have found that I did, did you do any market research or did you just kind of set it up and go we we ran a trial in the spring of last year with friends and family which was hugely important I think we we got a, a lot of learning from that Ella right yeah yeah for sure um I think that a lot of people hadn't, especially in our sort of uh, friends and family circle, hadn't actually tried venison before and didn't really have it readily available to buy. Um, but when they did try it, and we always said like the most you know, popular things that went on our site, we thought it would be all of the shellfish and the beautiful sort of whole fish, but it was uh, venison mince that was our bestseller. Um, could have been in like a time of year or weather thing that people just wanted the spag bowls and the venison chilies. But I think, you know, once people tried it and realised it isn't like a scary 
um, meat that, you know, needs you to, I don't know, when you think game birds, you think you're going to be like plucking feathers out of pheasants <laughs> for years and it's going to, you know, three bird roasts or whatever. But it really is just the same as beef mints or any other mints. You just chuck it in a pan and do whatever you want to it and, you know, better for you and better for the planet and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's been really interesting to us, but frankly, not surprising, because we've both, both Ella and I have been on our own food journeys, if I can be so Californian, is the number of kind of returning vegans um, who, who are happy to buy wild venison and eat wild venison from our site. I mean, I, I didn't eat meat for three years and wild venison was my way back in um, for reasons that everyone listening to this will understand. Um but interestingly, as we bring it to a bigger audience, we think there's many, many more people who will want to do that. And Ella, it might be worth you telling your own kind of story in that respect. Yeah, I mean, I, similarly to Nick, did the the veganism thing for three years. It was when I was at uni and I think it was sort of becoming very popular um, for all sorts of reasons. And um, towards my last year of veganism, just sort of started to plummet a little bit health-wise, like concentration just went. Um, I think there's probably a, a tie to these sort of mock meats coming out as well. And at the time I was thinking, well, this is brilliant. Like I haven't had a burger for three years and now I can have it. And, you know, you don't really know what's in those kind of things and just, yeah, not great. So Basically, what brought me back from, um, you know, all of this like lethargy and uh, illness and all of these things was um, trying fish again. Um, and it, it was a big sort of internal battle that I was having because um, I wanted to do it sustainably and I wanted to do it ethically. And my sort of problem was that I couldn't find wild fish that easily in this country. You go to the supermarkets and it's all sort of, you know, trawled and um, big boats and all of this sort of it just didn't feel like I was doing a good thing so uh, you know working on wild and being able to source you know fish and meat that hasn't been suffering um was yeah. really important to me and um, I think that is yeah the, the 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 one of the biggest reasons I'm an advocate is for for game and I know currently you guys don't do pheasants um, and it's quite hard to to get the wild partridge and, and I understand that but you know it is all been shot in its local environment it hasn't had to go through the trauma of going on a yeah my 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 siblings are marine biologists so I hear a lot about the big trawlers and know how bad those are and yeah. um, what about pigeon pigeon is you know pigeon is an something someone recently said to me about how um you know pigeons are shot for vegan food to be produced um, yeah. I was wondering, do you guys sell pigeon at the moment? We haven't, but that's only because we haven't yet um, found the producer that will do that for us. I, I think pigeon um, is fantastic. Big, big fan of uh, pastilla, you know, the Moroccan pigeon kind of pie. Um, and uh, I think it would be a big hit. So uh, if there's folk listening who want to supply us with pigeon, get in touch. <laughs> Yeah, I can, um, we can do another push on that because I know that a lot of the guys right now are all shoot, out shooting pigeons, so they definitely will want to um, supply you with it. But can you think, wild is not like a typical shop where you just go online and could you explain that process? Yeah, so we're only actually open for 12 hours a week <laughs> um, on a Wednesday, which is actually when we're recording this. Um, so, yeah, the market's open online only on Wednesday, 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. Um, and you'll then get your deliveries on the Friday. Um, so there's sort of 
a rhythm to it. Um, there's a few reasons that we we ended up, you know, modeling the business this way. And I think it was partially because of the scarcity of wild food. Um, it's very difficult to organize uh, a big market where, you know, there's lots available, but having it one day a week, you know, means that we can get you know, the freshest fish in, we can get the venison on on the same day, any of our foraged goods. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's working. And then and then you get the um, the delivery on the Friday. It kind of means that you've got this really exciting, beautiful food that you can cook over your weekends with your family and make it sort of more celebratory. Um, yeah, it, no, that's our thing. That's I think that, the, that, that celebration point is really important, Ella, because... Um, I had a customer recently say to me, she's she's a woman of about my age, I'm kind of late 40s. She's got two teenage kids like me. And she said she ordered some venison from our site and she sat down with her kids and ate it. And for the first time had a conversation, the three of them, around the provenance of the food they were eating and the fact that the deer had given its life. And they talked about it and they talked about how comfortable they were or weren't with that. But then in the bigger context of all the other meat they'd eaten in their lives. And that for me was a moment of real pride that we're helping people to have those conversations. Yeah, I think the next generations are going to be much more in tune with where their meat comes from than um, necessarily. I, like, I'm obsessed with gut health and Tim Spector is like my absolute hero. And um, I recently just commented on one of the things that he posted. And I said, why, why are you saying beef? You know, surely venison. And there were so many people who were just you know responded being like what what do you mean it's got no antibiotics in or you know how how do you know that and it's like because it, it's literally living in the wild yeah. so yeah exactly. um i mean the other thing i think that's important about our platform is that it is just a platform so we are airbnb effectively we are connecting producers of of food with with consumers um so the the, the sale of contract legally speaking with contract of sale sorry is between the producer, the person that that, that um, uh, shot uh, and butchered the venison, um, with the with the individual person that that then goes on and eats it and, and and all the rest of it, and that makes us quite different out there in the marketplace. And for the first time, it means that producers um, get to set the prices uh, themselves. Um, we very simply just take a commission for introducing them to the customers. Yes, I think it's a bit like thrift. I don't know if you guys know thrift, the clothes. Yeah. I think you guys are like the thrift of the food world. <laughs> exactly. Or, or Tinder, we were likened to recently. <laughs> um, but I guess people do end up choosing producers that they really like, and then we'll come back to that person time, time again, and then you have a loyalty. And... I think that's right. You know, we, we, we make a point of telling the stories of the individual producers because we know that our customers want to know where their food comes from. And, and I know for a fact that people sit around the table together with their families and they say, look, this is a picture of the guy that shot this. You know, you can't do that if you buy your food from a supermarket. Far yeah. from it. Um, and do you, I mean, do you think that it is a great way for parents to introduce you know, children to different meats is because they get to know the story. Yeah. Um, 100%. And do you, and so do you ship all over the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're nationwide, um, sort of excluding highlands and islands at the moment because it's a little bit tricky to organise. But yeah, you can, um, you can get it all over the UK. And, um, and the sort of nice thing to say is, is the seasonality of um, wild food. So every time you log on, you know, on a Wednesday to the wild market, you're going to see such a different variety of, of produce 
Um, so it always sort of keeps things interesting. And I, I think teaching people about seasonality when it comes to food is really important as well. You know, we've been on proper sort of food learning journey since starting wild. Um, and one of the things that used to shock me the most was when I'd started to look at where food was actually from at the supermarket. So pick up your strawberries and and you think, you know, it's England, we grow strawberries. You look at the label and it's Kenya and you're like, wow, that's so mental. It's yeah. nice that everything on here on wild is British and seasonal. And if something's not up there, it's because you can't get it. And, and that feels right. And if, if you want to have it, you know, for the rest of the year, just buy it and freeze it. And then, you know, that's how you do it. Yes. Yeah. I, I grew up with a, my parents had a veg patch and literally, you know, you would just eat whatever came out of there. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be nice if more people understood about seasonality. I think it's good education that needs to be done there. So I think just, just on that though, Louise, I think what's really interesting is that we found folk are desperate to, to learn more, but, but just need to be kind of helped in doing that. Um, so I, I think there's a real appetite for, for learning about this stuff. Did you guys know that there's a reason why fish and game is always together? Because there's, there's always, usually people are fishmongers and game dealers. Um, oh. And it's because they were the things that were easiest to poach. I did not know that. Well, we're definitely not poachers. <laughs> Although I'd be very happy if the result of this business was poaching business away from supermarkets. Yeah. Just on Ella's point around Scotland, you know, we, we don't deliver to the Highlands and Islands, sadly. But we do deliver to the cities in Scotland, um, you know, to, to Glasgow and Edinburgh in particular. And we have quite a lot of customers up there. And that shows you quite how broken the food system is in this country, that we are sending venison to Scotland. Uh, our yeah. venison happens to be from the southwest, but there's no shortage of deer, uh, wild deer in Scotland, as anyone <laughs> listening to this will know. But but it's very difficult to get hold of. The food system is broken. I'm not saying wild is... Well, market is the is the only answer to that, but it's got to be part of the solution. No, and that's very much what we try and do. You know, we just have all the stockists and we, you know, because people always say, where do I buy game from? And mm. it's, actually just go to this website. But I know, we, you know, we've been working to try and get more stockists all over the UK or more sort of hunters and stuff supplying you guys direct so that we can expand the network. And where is your most popular city at the moment? London. London yeah. yeah I find sadly with me as well London but I guess it has a bigger population than everywhere else so yeah I think so I mean um who knows exactly probably 60% of our customers are London and 40% are from from elsewhere in the UK um so we see you know kind of um centers of of, of customers in 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 Brighton and Bristol and places like that Birmingham as well um, but definitely in London, where I think people feel so far away from the countryside, but but there's this kind of deep yearning for it. And have you got any grand expansion plans or anything coming from the future? Uh, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep growing our customer base, keep growing our producer base uh, and our range. Uh, we're really happy with the progress we've made. In well, We've been live to the public for six months, um, uh, but we have... Uh, so much more to do yeah my, and, my own ambition is to kill the supermarkets like i've said <laughs> i have to I, off, yeah. I yeah i just use i get a veg box every week now and pretty much everything else i have i kill or yeah get off someone's farm that i know and i've gone directly to look at the sheep and i'm like ah oh, yes i'll have that sheep please <laughs> 
yeah I think but I think what you guys are doing and making that possible for so many people right? it's not like I realize how lucky I am to live in the countryside and be able to make relationships like that so I think it's a brilliant thing you're doing I, um, I think that's it if, if, if you don't happen to live near or know someone who who is in this world um then no matter how big your appetite for this kind of food you just can't get hold of it and that really was 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 what gave birth to to our wild market is it just you guys in the team or is are you how many are you so in london it's just the two of us and then we have a unit down in in the southwest over yeah we've got a couple of people that sort of help out on um aggregating and like packing days um but at the moment we're quite uh we're small <laughs> good I, I am also very small here too. <laughs> um and you guys do a lot of recipe content as well don't you yeah so we we find a lot of our um customers actually help us with that they're um they're the ones that give us the ideas for things it's, it's quite nice you know on a weekend you get sort of lots of messages coming in from you know Instagram various sources people sort of sending you pictures of what they've created and they're sort of the inspiration for that so um yeah we're just uh stockpiling away all of their ideas basically yeah great I mean I think you sent one out today about mool um oh yeah mool is one of the things that terrify me as I just don't want to overcook it so See, I, I'm I mean, the same uh, it's the um there's the prep for mool that I find the sort of prep for anything I have to say I'm, I'm learning to be better as a chef but you know I used to sort of fish fillets and things and cooking things on the bone used to scare me but there's something about shellfish the sort of de-bearding and and the scrubbing and you know it, it is quite scary but um so I think my mum actually did an order last week of mussels because we've just started getting mussels on um on the market and um these mussels arrived she's like it's amazing they didn't need de-bearding they didn't need anything it was just chuck them in a pan and done I was like oh it's good that you know we can oh, make great. food like this easy so yeah Sorry, Nick, were you going to add something then? No, just I, I I love seeing what people make with the food that, that they buy from World Market. It is genuinely the highlight of my week when folks send photos. I mean, we don't create recipes, um, but as Ella said, we do kind of showcase what our customers are, are making with the food that they buy. And they're incredibly inventive. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's nice now we've got, um, it's sort of spreading our horizons a little bit and that we've got... Um, food from British artisanal producers that is, you know, non-wild, but it's things like these um, sort of slow vinegars and and miso that's been aged for like six months in oak aged barrels and all of this sort of exciting stuff. It's nice pairing those products with the wild food as well and, and showing people that, you know, you can get a lot of your kitchen and, and ingredients from other, there are other places out there other than supermarkets to to acquire these kind of ingredients yeah have you heard of slow food uk mm. yeah they're an amazing organization we've just started working with them as well um but they do a lot of game education so what you guys are doing when we're well, not just game ed- sorry food education sorry so used to only food being game yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of us who see the world through a similar lens right the, the, it does feel like the tide is turning uh, far out at sea i i, I should add but it, the tide is turning no one is thinking about this stuff any less. Are you doing any shows or events this year? Or there's nothing in the diary just yet because we're we're kind of fairly full on running the business and and trying to grow things. But uh, very much that is the intention as and when we can. Brilliant, great. Well, thank you both so much for 
for joining me today. It's been so nice to learn all about Wild. Um, and it really is a brilliant thing that you're doing. And uh, hopefully we can catch up maybe in a few months' time, see how it's how it's continuing. Love Definitely. that. Thank you for having us. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do like and share and follow us on your podcast provider. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.